Tell me about your involvement with uh, Exotic Pop before we even get too into this, because we are probably the biggest distributor, or the biggest sales of uh, or the sales point for Exotic Pop in California. But I guess you guys are repping that hard out there too. Yeah, I'm the brand ambassador. Fire. Yeah, so I get paid great money, and um, to represent, to make sure everybody know about it. How long you been doing that? It's been about. Officially, three three months. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's what's up. Yeah, I had no idea that a lot of the, the Houston legends are uh, wrapped up with Exotic Pop when we started selling it. And then fucking I saw Paul Wall repost me with the, the case out there, and I'm like, oh, shit. And you walked in with it. I'm like, oh, it's really going down. Yeah, I got a whole, my whole backseat is filled up with these and Canada Dry Vanilla Creams and uh, like my favorites. Mm. You got yeah. Moon Rocks in that blunt? Yeah. It smells like it. And I can see with the dark ass. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think it's burning. Yeah, I'm having the time of my life. <laughs> Is the Moon Rocks for you kind of a, a, a California thing, or are you smoking those when you're back home, too? It depends on the mood. Mm. You know, I'm more of a flower guy, but little wax here and mm. there, but I'm, I, I don't do the dabs. Like, it's too strong. I don't want to be that. You know what I mean? That's futuristic shit. Yeah, like that's the I'm, Jetsons. I'll put some wax in the blunt and on, the, you know, outside. But yeah, right. Yeah, well, that's, occasionally, that's futuristic level shit. Whenever I see people taking dabs, I just you're getting too high. I don't yeah. need to be that high. Me neither. I'm high enough off the the backwood, no problem. Right, and, and that's cool. <laughs> Definitely. And so uh, okay, let's let's just like go all the way back to your your early days. So you were actually born in. Uh, in Houston, correct. Okay, so you're you're a lifelong ambassador, and you still live within the city limits. I am still in uh, Harris County. You never see yourself leaving. Uh, I'm always on the road, so I'm always gone mm. most of the time. So I live on the road. I live home. Half, it's half and half. Right. Yeah. What was uh? Tell us a little bit about your upbringing and just what it was like for you as a, as a young boy before you even got in the rap game or anything. Well, in my family, everybody do music. So my grandma, she the choir director. She played the piano. Mm-hmm. So if you're born in my family, you go be in the choir. Mm-hmm. You go sing, you go do something. So I played the drums, piano, and um, doing the talent shows and, you know, battle rapping. And mm-hmm. then, you know, one of my family members sings with In Vogue. Really? And, you know, so I've always been, like, around studios, in the studios, you know, playing the piano. So right. Sports, music. Those are the two primary focal points? Correct. Definitely. Um, So was the battle rap thing a real serious thing for you? Because when they try to, like, summarize your career, they're like, oh, at first he was a battle rap legend. Like, how how far did you actually go with that? How did you get into that? Like, when you freestyle, you know what I mean? Like, down where I'm from, you know, down south, we battle off the top of the head. Mm. You know what I mean? We don't memorize the line, so... These days, shit is crazy if you watch yeah, Battle Raps. I fuck with it. Like, yeah. I love it. I'm going to one of the battles in Houston in a few days on June 8th. Um, you know, I fuck with Hollow the Dunn. I fuck with Disaster. Mm-hmm. That's my guy. Disaster guy. I had in here, man. That is an insane guy. character. He is so uh, funny. Yeah. Yeah. Disaster, Hollow the Dunn, Murder Moot, mm. Loaded Lux, uh, Zip Him Up. Man, hey, it, I love it. But at that time, your mentality towards battling was more just showing up and just shitting on somebody off the right. top of your head. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. like now where there's these calculated game plans mm-hmm. of just, they, there's so much thought 
that goes into it. And everybody wants to hit on all the different styles of battling. I'm, I'm good. Morning, Moon Rock. I don't know. Straight up. <laughs> but, yeah. So so with the battle, like, it, we freestyle off the top of the head, like, you know what you got on, your, <laughs> your appearance, blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, it wasn't, like, premeditated. Mm. Yeah. I remember probably like the gnarliest thing I ever seen in a battle online was I seen a girl pull out a picture of the other girl that she was battling's bed. And she had this super bummy ass bed. And you could just tell that it hurt her feelings real bad when it came out because you're just looking at this bed like, holy fuck, that really is. <laughs> That's a flagrant thing to pull out here right now. You ever been over somebody's house and they just got a disgusting room? Yeah. <laughs> you kind of walk right in and walk right out like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It says a lot if you live like that. It does. Myself, I had a girlfriend for like three years, so now I'm like completely embedded with the cleanliness aspect. Right. I never really was before, to be honest. My, my bed was always on the floor for a long ass time. Hey, it don't matter. <laughs> it, it don't matter where that motherfucker started. It's where you end it. Yeah, that's a fact. And if you end up on the floor, hey, it's because you want to be there. Yeah. Sometimes I do some of the shit, you know, that I started off doing um, at the beginning of my career. You know what I mean? So going to places, you know, where I used to record it, and, you know, sometimes you just want to capture that feeling, mm. you know what I mean? So, yeah, I get it. Put the bed back on the ground? Fuck it. <laughs> I never really even understood what the bed was doing there. Like, with the having the whole bed and shit, it just never really made sense to me. It's like, why do I need a big wooden structure to put this shit on when it could just go on the ground? I, you only need what you think you need. Mm. How deep do you get into the, the battle thing before you sort of transition um, into being more of a, a established rapper? I probably had good 200, something like that, battles. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, it was heavy. Like, we would meet up. Everybody put, you know, money up, you know. You probably had this one guy, and he got, like, five of you know, his people. Yeah, my guy, you know, cold, and we got five people. Okay, well, all y'all put up 200, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? And put up the 200, you know what I mean? Put the pot up, all right, we battling it for this, you know what I mean? So the people who put the money up, like, you know, we win, mm -hmm. you know. So the people who put the money up, they get their money back, and then I get the other money. It sounds like it would just be so difficult to come to any kind of conclusion about who won and, like, actually handing over the money. Did that shit get complicated quite often? Uh, a couple of times it did, a couple of times. But, like, I, my mind is so quick. Like, I, like you, you know how you fuck somebody up so bad till they know they got fucked up? Yeah. And you you just, you they, they, they like just, you know, soul just goes out of their body. Yeah. Right. Yeah. With the battle shit now, they don't even announce who the winner is. Yeah, I don't like that. So strange. I don't like that. And, and, and another thing I don't like, I don't like the fact how sometimes it's popular, like meaning like the popularity, like if one of the people have more people in the crowd, oh, you know, yeah. and, if they're, and if they're louder, you know, they could just sit there and boo your bars. You probably mm -hmm. spend the dopest shit, but because you don't have more people. Mm -hmm. So I think I think it needs to be judged half and half, like half of what the crowd thinks and kind of like half of what some judges think. Right, because I've, see, I've seen it where dudes will show up with a fucking army of 20 dudes with them and right. the dudes are all hooting and hollering, like yeah. booing and really like trying to skew the results mm -hmm. and make it seem like one person is getting booed, like one person is doing horrible, but really they're, they're just surrounded by so many people that they're kind of trying to drown out the actual results. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. When did you did you make like a conscious decision at a certain point to be like I'm gonna I'm gonna leave all that shit behind and I'm gonna get more into this like real rap thing or did, did it just sort of slowly happen to you? 
I'm just a person. I do it all. Mm. Um, Spears, it, it led me to meeting DJ Screw and, you know, C-Note and the Botany Boys. Um, it wasn't a, a choice. Like, I'm going to just stop, you know, doing basketball. Like, the money started coming, the the fame, um, the way people treated me, mm-hmm. uh, you know, just to go from like I always got into clubs like I've never paid to get in the club ever in my life because I always you, you were one of those young dudes who was just super tapped in and had all these connections early on right so I was in the club when I was a kid yeah people so, like me you're the type of person that made somebody like me when I was a young person feel kind of insecure because I was looking at like listening to the radio and watching videos and just being like how the fuck are all these dudes so cool they're like the same age as me <laughs> I ain't got shit going on I understand, man. <laughs> I apologize for doing that to you. It's all right. But, but guess what? You now you cool. Eh, just barely. Nah, you, you cool. You know, we're both cool because we he- got exotic pop. True. This is a heavy <laughs> show, though. You know, I, I, I know. That. I know about the show, mm. and um, you know, all the people that you know fuck with y'all and support, man. So I hear everything. That's one thing about me. From the new artists, the new shows, the new podcasts, like I stay in tune with everything that's going on. Yeah, and um. Yeah, y'all hippie. Because nobody ever really falls off until they really stop paying attention to the culture. That's my opinion, is that, like, you know, when, when somebody just becomes too cool to really give a fuck about what's going on in rap, I think that's when it starts to slow down. But you always hear that about even the legends who are the most ducked off, the people you never hear from. You always end up hearing that they, those are dudes who are really paying close attention to the culture and what's going on. Yeah, it, it's some people that don't. They got tunnel vision. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then, you know, it's us. You know, we pay attention. You gotta you gotta know what your competition doing. Mm. You gotta know what you you know, competing up against. Was was Screw the first person that you met of any like real significance who wanted to work with you or whatever, or was that at what point did you meet him and how did that change things? Well, I hung with all the OGs and the screwed up clicks, so you know, um meeting Screw it opened like it opened me up to a whole different fan base on the mixtape market. You know what I mean? Um, then at the time I was messing with South Park Mexican too, mm. right? So, you know, my Mexican fan base and Hispanic fan base is crazy. You know what I mean? So all that combined with the battle rap shit as with, well. With you with had that. a hell of fan bases coming together, right? And then sports, and then um, my family they you know ride horses and rodeo, so we would promote our music. There too, like during the trail rides, right? So oh, I just had like all these different elements going. You know, I'm hooping, playing basketball, baseball, football. I boxed. Uh, I'm a third degree black belt in Taekwondo. Really? I do jujitsu. All that, you know, all that shit. So wow. like, like with all that going on, like I, I just I've been trained and conditioned to be a leader in baseball, football, all these different sports. Right. So. Hey, I'm the same way in life. Wow, that's crazy. I didn't know you had a martial arts background. Mm-hmm. They gotta get you on Joe Rogan. Hey, you never know. <laughs> Services available. But I, I do, I manage like boxers and MMA fighters. And, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Shout out to Tony Wynn, man, my homie. You know, he got commercials with Chuck Norris and, you know, shit like that, man. And oh, shout shit. out to FA, man, the plug hooking this up for me, man. You know, believe that. Oh, for real? Yeah, okay. That makes sense then. Um, okay, but so tell me about the first time that you actually met. Screw, because he was okay. super enthusiastic okay. about you from super early on, correct? Correct, correct. I, I met him multiple times. We had this little place called Cornbridge in Houston where all the vampires, you know, the people that's up, you know, late night, you know, me included, 
Um, we would be out. We'd go shoot pool, whatever, you know, hang out, parking lot, smoke, drink, whatever, congregate. Right. And um, he would see me a few times, and everybody tell him about me, so, you know, told him about me. Like he, so he's like, man, I want you to freestyle for me. Um, it was this club called Club Unique. He wanted me to freestyle, so I did two of them for him, and I was just rapping about, you know, what I was watching and what he had on. And next thing I know, he invited me over two screw tapes. I actually have three tapes, but one of them, somebody who rapped on it, they didn't like their part, so we never put it out. But I went the fuck off on that tape, and I was that tape when it came out because I was, man, yeah. So it's all good. But, yeah, so he noticed me, put me on those tapes, and uh, I started doing freestyles, people paying me to freestyle at their clubs. So I'm, I'm leaving. I left a show, did my high school graduation, walked across the you know stage, class of 99 worthy. Green and go. Yeah. And so I, I walked, did that boom, and then went to another show. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? So, you know, I'm everywhere. So you're already up in there. Yeah. Do you always just have, like, an insane level of energy? Because when you're describing all these different pastimes you had, it just seems like, wow, like, that's that sounds like the lives of, like, ten different people combined. Yeah, I've lived many lives. <laughs> I'm, right now I'm on the bonus level. Right. Because you, you know? already kind of accomplished what you really were trying to do with your life years to- ago. A gold album. Mm. I just wanted one. Okay. That's it. And once you get that thing you're going for, it can be kind of a weird moment in your life because then you're like, well, now i got to figure out some new goals. Yeah. And then, so it went to, from that to platinum, obviously. Then, you know, want to sell 10 million and 3 million triple, you know, mm-hmm. um, stuff like that. And other goals was like Oscars and um, Grammys and, you know what I mean? Right. A mixture of those things and a few other things, but now my final goal is to get a billion. A billion dollars? Yeah. Really? Because yeah. Jay-Z just uh, made history. Yeah, congrats to Jay-Z. Yeah. That's what he's supposed to do. That's wild. You know what I mean? That's what he's supposed to do. Yeah. And yeah. he's not even, like, Dr. Dre being the first billionaire would be logically kind of make more sense since he owns the whole Beats by Dre thing and shit, but we, we underestimate Sean Carter having a whole lot of business going on behind the scenes as well. Well, a lot of people did. I'm glad I wasn't one of those people. Mm-hmm. I learned a lot from Jay Z. Like really? people like Jay Prince, uh, Jay Z, Master P, Tony Draper, um, Cash Money's Diddy's, like all those people, you know, even the people that, you know, ran Duck Down Records. Right. And, and, and you know, I'm a piece of all those people. You I occur- study. Yeah, you occurred to m- you seem like you're the type of person who was very much studying the game. So you kind of had a whole lot of uh, of games sort of embedded in you when even when you were real young. Correct. You've been paying attention. I got to, man. You know, majority of people I hung with was older. Like I wasn't into like going, you know, skating and like, you know what I mean? Like, you know, at the age where you want to, everybody's, let's go to the skating ring. Like, I'm, I'm in a studio. Mm, I learned how to engineer. Yeah. I'm getting paid, you know, $50 an hour recording legends. What What was your thought process on Screw before you actually got in with him? Like, did you, were you, was he established enough and did you understand how legendary he was? Oh, yeah. He was like a god to us mm. in real life. It was epic. Was there like a growing up, a level of growing up that took place in a sense because there's all these insane stories about him and the drugs and just the long studio sessions and everything. You being so young, was that something that was a little bit new to you or were you already experienced enough that this didn't take you by surprise? Nah, nothing 
was new to me. I was exposed to everything mm-hmm. um, young, and people explained to me what it was. You know how some people, some parents try to hide things from you and, like, you know, so it's a way you got to, you know, try to reach out to your kids and explain to them, you mm-hmm. know, this is what it is, blah, 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 blah. Because you rather them learn from you than somebody out, out outside the household teach them, you know what I mean? Right. So, yeah, this is what I was, you know, born into. Right. When you were hanging out with Screw, when you were doing that first tape, were you drinking lean? Were you, were you partying to the extent that he was? Nah, I didn't, I didn't go as hard as he went. Like, okay. like, like he had, at that time, he had, like, his money was, like, like you know what I mean? Selling tapes yeah. out the house, right? Just a couple I, of dollars I, at a time. He could afford to, you know, pull a foe in a 20 ounce. You know what I mean? Right. Like, yeah, nah, we wasn't going that hard. But, I mean, he would pull you a cup here and there. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Let you hit his cup. Hey, hit this. You know what I mean? Did you like it as much as he seemed to like it? Mm. Back then, no, no, not, not, like when I first met him, no, I did, I didn't. But then I grew to, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. So after, so how did you get your first record deal after that that screw thing? Like, how far apart were those those incidents? Well, that's the thing. I put out, like, I put out albums on my own first. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Then I met up with my old business partner Hump, and then we got he had Sucker Free Entertainment, and okay. when we met, I'm like, hey man. Let's turn it to a record label. So that's when it turned to Sucker Free Records. Okay, so you were putting out a bunch of stuff independently and just Correct. hustling out of the trunk, that type of thing? Yeah, because I met Hump, like, I met him, like, middle school, but I really didn't do any business with him until, like, high school, like, five years later. You right. know what I mean? But so was he, or so, okay, you do all that, and then you start to get labels' attention? Correct. Yeah, once I do that, I'm on mixtapes. I'm freestyling. Um, I'm going to 97.9 The Box. I'm going hard, freestyling, you know, just everywhere. Did you see yourself becoming, like, a major national star, or were you still sort of in the mind state of just doing your thing on a a more local Texas level? Because you can can fully stay in that environment Mm -hmm. and be a star on that level, and especially at that time, people weren't necessarily looking at stuff from down south as stuff that could blow up on a huge level, right? Correct. I I didn't look at myself like anything, but I I did look at myself in a way to be like, I know what I didn't want to be. Like, Mm -hmm. I didn't know exactly what I was going to be, but I knew I didn't want to be local. Mm -hmm. I knew I didn't want to make the exact same mistakes other people did. I knew I didn't want to rap like everybody else. You know what I mean? I knew I wanted to still embody the Texas culture within my music, but still, you know, show that we got people that are lyrical. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because, like, where I'm from and down south, you know, they the quote and the stigma is that, you know, down south artists aren't lyricists and we can't spit. So I make sure every time I drop a project, I balance, you know, with my culture, the screwheads, uh, the people that want to hear bars, and mm-hmm. then the ladies. And then whatever the hell I want to make. My creative EDM, you know, DJ Marshmallow, DJ Snake. That's where your mind is at? Yeah, I I do EDM. Right. Yeah, I was touring with uh, Marshmallow and uh, I fuck with, you know, Clint Sparks. But that's interesting to hear you say that that is like the main thing that your creativity tends to go towards. Mine? Yeah, the EDM type stuff. Is that like really like that's sort oh, yeah. of your passion at this moment or where you think that progression has taken place? It, it's, it's a, I do them all. Like I've been doing EDM 
Like, I got an artist that I partnered up with. His name's Critchy Critch. He's out here now okay. in L.A. Uh, and he, like, I knew about, like, house music, techno, and, you know, EDM. But, like, he, he made me look at music a different way. Like, everybody I meet, like, let's, let, let's say, for instance, me doing music with David Banner. Like, we from Texas. We laid back, you know. Me doing business and music and tours with David Banner and his energy, it showed me a different angle for me to be a performer, right? Mm. So, you know, I, I, I've witnessed but Busta Rhymes and uh, DMXs, these great performers, you know, performing. So it just put me in a different mind frame, man. And um, In terms of, like, what a live performance could be? Because sometimes, I mean, let's just be real, sometimes rap just doesn't really translate as well to the live experience. Like, we've all seen great rappers who realistically weren't really putting on that great a show, and maybe the show is still dope because the audience is so into it. Right. But without the audience, they're barely moving, and they're not really getting into it, and there's not really a whole lot going on. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, that happens all the time. Were you sort of out to... Do you feel like you you were kind of trying to disprove that assumption about the South that y'all weren't like serious rappers? Correct. That, if, that's out. That's that's been my motivation for most of my career. Like mm-hmm. when I do an album, in my mind, I'm like, I I got to make some for, you know, because I got family and people that's in New York, right? So I know what they like and what they listen to and who they, you know, idolize and who they consider to be the top rappers and blah blah blah. So. I pay attention and I'm I go in the lab like, yeah, this for my homie from the Bronx. I'm from the, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I can I already know he go hit his beating. You know what <laughs> I mean? So I go into that zone and then I just I cook up and it comes out naturally. Definitely. And it's weird how that assumption about the South has kind of gone away over the years because like I was just listening to this whole podcast about Megan the Stallion the other day and talking about how her mom was this rapper and how her mom like influenced her so much to to be real serious about her lyricism and stuff and i don't think at any point during that conversation anybody was like oh yeah but the assumption is that people from down south can't rap or whatever like that has kind of washed away to the point that that's not an assumption that anybody's making i don't think it's still around but Mm. it's not around as much but you know it's still in the comment bars. Oh, you still see it in the comments? Yeah. I guess you're privy to different types of bullshit out there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I glance here and there, but I, I try not to. You right. know what I mean? Like, I, at the end of the day, that's, that'll drive you crazy if you keep paying attention there. Oh, like, yeah. You got you to gotta have a ton of vision, man. Do what you do. Create your art. Mm. If you proud of that shit, put it out. You just don't want to be the kind of, like, I, I know certain old heads that I'm not going to mention, but they just don't seem to understand how Instagram works. They respond to all the haters and shit. And it's like, bro, you do not need to be doing that because you're just revving them up to talk more shit. Yeah, man, we don't participate in that shit. Yeah. Nigga would block your ass. My, my tumbo, <laughs> not in my house. <laughs> Quick. Like, 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 I don't tolerate that shit in my shit. Like. Right. Like, on your Instagram, it's kind of like, how are you coming into my area right here? Yeah. It's different on Twitter because it's like on Twitter, anybody can not be following you and post something that is like retweeting you and talking shit about you, but you don't have any actual involvement in it. They're putting it on their Twitter. If they're going to talk shit in your comments on your Instagram, that is really the, the feeling is like they just came to your house right. and are just standing out in the front yard talking shit. Yeah. Yeah, people be bored, man. I, I ain't got time for that shit, man. You you need to be trying to figure out how to get some more money for your family, man. Mm. You know, so I just stay out of people's business. Definitely. Um, so what your first 
record, your first record that you put out, or let's talk about the decision to even sign to a major in the first place. What do you recall that that time period in your life, and were you just a hundred percent ready to go on that front? Yeah, definitely. Um, it was time, like making money in the streets and off of music. Like when you you know you in the streets and you making bread like fast, fast, and you know it's way less than what you would get to go do a show. You know what I mean? You mm-hmm. kind of you. You don't be as fast to move for it, but when somebody coming to you talking about like M's, you know what I mean, twenties and thirties, it shifts your focus into like, okay, all right, let's let's really do it because I had enough money to shoot videos to every record I had in my life, mm-hmm. you know. But I I wasn't in that mind frame. I was like, hey man, we making money, you know what I mean? We still they still booking us, you know what I mean? So. It was. I felt it was time to, you know, see what the fuss is about with being attached to a brand, mm. a label with all these contacts. You know what I mean? <clears throat> and we traveled around the world, and we had our own. Mm. So now let's combine their contacts with ours and get paid and still hustle like we don't have them. Who who did you sign to? Uh, Columbia. Right. And then. Um, Steve Rifkin left. Shout out to Steve Rifkin. Uh-huh. He the one signed us, man. I, they had Akon on my tour, like bro, before he like blew the fuck up, like really. Yeah, man. That's crazy. Yeah, I wish I would have did more music. Well, I did music with him. I liked this shit though. That locked up shit was dope. Oh yeah. But I was like doing so much shit, man. But you know, and he ended up fucking with uh, was signing Lady Gaga. Signing Lady T-Pain Gaga. And, He's rich forever off that. Yeah, that's dope though. But I knew he was jamming though. So, you know, shout out to Akon. Shout out to Akon. I was supposed to have an Akon interview a while back. Akon, man, come on, Where man. Where you at? Do it, do, it, do it, man. Do it for my guy. We need that love. Yeah. Facts. Um, did you feel like Columbia were respectful of what you were bringing to the table, or did you feel like to an extent they were trying to shape you and mold you into something that you weren't necessarily comfortable with? Nah, man. They, like Steve, he knew the culture. Um he appreciated everything and he knew it. You know, he he walked like us, talked like like it was. It didn't feel like I was partnering up with somebody, you know, with a tie who never go to the hood. Mm. You know, who hires people to go. Hey, what? Well, find out what's going on. Like, you know, he he'll go. You know what I mean? Like, and um, that meant a lot to me. So you know, they just let me be me. You know, I had creative control. It was a label deal. Mm. I didn't do an artist deal. So, you know. Creative control, you know. I always think about that when I'm dealing with labels. I always think about that Wu Tang lyric, and he said, uh, "Who's your A and R? A mountain climber who plays an electric guitar." I remember mm. being a little kid hearing that and being like, "Wow! Like, there's really people who like work in the rap industry who don't know anything about rap." And then when you go actually go to labels, you realize like, "Oh, that's actually probably the majority of people that work at labels." Yeah, man. It's but things changing, man. People. You know, the right people are getting in position, mm. and um, the game has did a 180. You feel like that? Yeah. In what sense? With, with the streams. Right. Instead of people buying stuff, and now streams are counting as, like, you know, sales. Yeah. It's more of, like, a connection to what is actually popular. Like, it's harder for the label to shove something down the public's throat now. Mm-hmm. When we talk about the rappers, like, when you look at the XXL covers, it kind of went from, if you look at the early years, it was kind of like, these are the artists that the labels want to pop off. 
And then nowadays it's kind of like, well, these are the artists who were already kind of popping off, and then the labels had to jump on top of them and give them a whole bunch of money to sign them. Yeah. It's like a little bit of a change in how the that shit takes place. I agree. Yeah. Um, so you get on the label and your first project comes out and are you all of a sudden just this like global superstar and your whole profile just explodes and everything is just all of a sudden way different? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was epic, yeah. And so you're just on this roller coaster ride, are you just all of a sudden on tour, just living like a completely different life? How how'd it I, go? My life didn't change, just how much I was getting paid mm. off of rap. But I still was like getting street money. Like I just I'm programmed to hustle, right? Mm-hmm. So it, it just took me to, you know, get enough rap money and, and be like, you know what, man, this now it's now this is look is looking like I'm tripping. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. so once I focus and say, all right, we finna go in and and I just started, you know, doing other business deals and um linking up with other producers and, you know, rest in peace to static, you know. He out there, you know what I'm saying? He be born out there in uh, the Kentucky area, man, Louisville. Mm-hmm. And uh, I met him, Young Real, Young Sears, and I started putting together me a team and, you know, getting my, my army. I signed Lil Ron. Um, he was with the uh, Swisher House. He had mm-hmm. a record that had that drink up in my cup, and uh, he on there. And um, when I talked to his mom, like, hey, man, I believe in your son. Uh, I want to take him out of school, get him a tutor. She was like, all right, cool. So I ain't ever, I was 18 or well, 19, 20, you know, right up, you know, I ain't never did that, you know, before, but. Uh, 19 making boss moves. Yeah, I did it. And I was getting my team ready. Then I had Young Red and, you know, we did the HSC. So I always, you know, execute my plans with thoughts of the people who looked out for me in the wing figuring out a way to bring them in. Right. When you say street money, you mean that you were really in the streets or were you just selling your albums on the streets? Both. Right. But was it a big deal to decide that you needed to leave that shit behind? Yeah, it was a big deal. Really? Were there people who were disappointed in you? Uh, A few, but I always try to surround myself with people who think like me. Right. And I believe, like, if you have a convo with somebody and tell them, hey, you know, if you like blindside a person, like, hey, man. We've been doing business together, but I'm out. Yeah, today. Yeah. It's like, you know, hey, this is my mind frame. I'm on this, blah, blah, blah. You know. Definitely. Bonito. Was it a weird transition where all of a sudden, I feel like for somebody like you who's coming from such a real place, that all of a sudden they're taking you and they're putting you in front of all these different uh like you know media opportunities you got all these people who basically just don't understand where you're coming from at all and you're just being put under this lens where they're sort of analyzing you and all the things that you think are kind of normal about yourself are all of a sudden this like funny little gimmick to them it didn't happen like that for me because when i got my deal i i was already going to all all, pretty much all the places they had me going to i had i was going to those places and already kind of like dealing with a lot of the media Mm -hmm. So it wasn't like a jump. And then you got to remember, my family members do music, right? So mm. I know the games and the things that, the, you know, the way media twists things. And you got to be careful what you say, you feel me? Mm-hmm. And one of the best things I can say about when I did go to Columbia, they had me take uh, media training. Oh, you did it. How was that? Even though I knew what to do already, but right. me taking it made me. See, that's the thing about when you learn from different teachers, you, you get to 
Because you might have, have somebody be like, you know, ah, man, this is the way you're supposed to do it. This is the only way. Mm-hmm. And then somebody else train you and they're like, this is the only way. This. So then in your mind, you're like, damn, what well, he told me. You know what I mean? So, you know. Damn, the media training. That's a fucking wild thing to actually go through. I've, like, heard about it so much. And mm-hmm. I've always been curious about what they actually tell you in that shit. I, epic shit. And, and that's the dope part about it. Like. I put a book out called Don't Let the Music Industry Fool You probably eight years ago. Oh, that was eight years now? Yeah. Okay. We about to do like these workshops, like me and Miss Jesse over there. That's my business partner. We do a lot of dope shit. So like we about to do these workshops where we go around the world and we go have it where they can spend hours with us and we go talk to them. We go offer, you know, media training and you know, I paint too, so I'll be painting with some of the people. But really? we go give them like a real platform so they know what to look for because a lot of artists still to this day is like you know sign me like you can you can sign yourself Mm. it ain't hard do you see that Uh, yeah that's that's a weird thing that has happened where it's like artists don't really need labels now but is a it's still a prevalent mentality that you need to be signed if you really want to do anything man you can spend your own money on yourself run your facebook ads your twitter ads (laughs) and different things and you ain't got to go by the red bottoms. You can, you know, we'll, we'll show you, man. Just holler at us. You know, we will <laughs> consult with you. And, and we ain't on no try to hit you upside the head. Like, mm. our price is going to be reasonable, but our connects up here. So, you know, it got to make sense. But, yeah. Do you ever think about what your career might have been like if you had stayed independent? Nah, because... I knew like some of the tricks to the game already by you know my other family members being in it. Right. So I was pretty much well prepared by my family for what to look for. So I was always taught it's a time to play a wolf and it's a time to be a sheep. Uh-huh. So if any situation a person saw me in <clears throat> and they considered me being a sheep in that moment, it was all calculated. Right. No, that is a weird feeling for a lot of people. I feel like, like even myself, my first time I signed a record, de- a record deal and was really working with a label, it's like, damn, this is the first time in my whole life that I really feel like I had a job. Not my whole life, but since I was a kid. <laughs> you know? Like, yeah. really feel like you're actually just going into some office and just having to, like, talk to people and shit. I just had never really had to had that kind of mentality, flip that switch of just feeling like I'm an employee all of a sudden. And I guess for a lot of a lot of rappers, that's really where the, the conflict starts with the labels, that they're just not used to acting like, you know, a, a, a person that has to get along with others, that has to be able to uh, make shit work in that sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, it's, it's big business, man. You just got to watch it, everybody. Micro and macro manage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like as an East Coast kid that you were part of like this huge movement too. Because if you really think about it, and like, I think Outkast got booed at the Source Awards in maybe '98 or '99, and then all of a sudden, four or five years later, we had like you know a huge wave of Texas rappers and down south rappers coming out, and all of a sudden, the disrespect that Outkast had been showing in that situation felt like a, a distant memory. Like, that was kind of that last blast of elitism from New York, of feeling like people down south didn't matter. And then all of a sudden, that kind of culminated. Four or five years later, we had people like you and Paul Wall and 
Slim Thug, everybody just sort of like having this mainstream moment that had not really been something that people could have imagined even just a few years prior. Yeah, that was an epic moment. And you were one of the the faces of that, of really, really changing shit. Yeah. But did it feel like that? It did. It felt like that. Um, but I never, like, took time to, like, bask in it. Like, you know, I did this. Like, in my mind, I'm like, all right, it's time to do another one. Mm. All right, that's one plaque. We need, we need more. In that moment, you never really know exactly how important or yeah. what, how significant what you're doing is. You never know that 20 years later, people are still going to be talking about the, the shit that you were doing at that moment. Yeah. And so as you realize what's going on, it, it makes you grow. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And you can tell it even in my music. You know what I mean? Definitely. Um, I feel like also as like an East Coast kid that when you did collabs with Dipset and G-Unit, that was like a big moment that not just me, but everybody that I was around, that's yeah. when like you started to get on the radar of like the average person that I was familiar with who realistically, that's what we were listening to. Yeah. You know? I, I was talking about that the other day. Which one? No, just the era of when I was, because you know, like, like I tell you, the stigma of down south artists can't spit. So in my mind, I'm like, all right, I'm finna go to New York. I'm finna go rap with the best. I'm the, the Camerons, the you know, Dipsets, you know, Fifty, whoever, you know what I mean? And um, DJ Who Kid, Shout out Who Kid, um, DJ Red Alert. Who else show love? Like at the beginning, Clue, Funk Flex, K Slay, can't forget K. Like all those people, you know what I mean? They they really fucked with me in a genuine way. Mm. And um, so, you know, we would do it. We Duke the God. Shout out to Duke the God. I'm on a few of his albums. Man, me and Duke the God got so fucking drunk with one time. Like, yeah. just, we tried to do an interview, and we just got fucking Free Jewels, man. Free Jewels. I fuck with Jewels, man. Jewels hard, man. Like, like Jewels got bars. I like. I fuck with that monster music. Right. That's my favorite Jewels and record. Jewels, like, at that time... I feel like he was a person that was sort of observing the more simple style of rapping or the more slowed down style of rapping that was largely coming from down south. And then he sort of didn't bite that, but sort of took on some of those characteristics because people forget that Joel's when he came out, he was like the wild ass swaggy little motherfucker that like he was rapping in such a way that a lot of people really didn't respect it because it was just so new and different. It was unorthodox. Totally. But I fucked with it, boy. We, we like, 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 people that are entertainers, like, as a kid, like, you know, young, like, a lot of us, you know what I mean? We we kind of root for the other ones. When you see, it's like when you put a kid in a music video and it, the record might be not even appropriate for them, mm. but if you put kids in a music video, when the kids see other kids on TV, mm. they're like, man, he can do it. They're going to run to the TV. Like, that's one of us. Like, you know what right. I mean? So, hey. You know, when I see artists like that, you know, with that 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 swag, the jewelry, you know what I mean? I, I, hey, that's one of us. Yeah. That's yeah. that was like there's been certain times I remember I was interviewing uh, Rico Reckless one time. He's sitting here with his son and his son is watching music videos the whole time we're doing the interview and he's watching Lil Pump, Maddox, Lil Skies, Lil, you know, just all these little rappers. Every rap take hey, just rappers who to him felt like they had that youthful energy that he could relate to them. Mm-hmm. And it's just a kind of wild thing to realize, like, how important that is. And when you see a song, when you see songs on YouTube or whatever that do hundreds of millions of views, chances are that they tapped into the young-ass audience, too, because those are the ones who just sit there camped out in front of the TV just watching something a hundred (laughs) times. 
Yeah, facts. Mm. Um, okay, so yeah, do, do you recall the actually like working with Cameron for the first time or what that might have been like? Yeah, yeah, Cameron always been one of my favorite rappers. Um, like he, I think he went to college like in Navarro County, uh-huh. across the Canada. He talked about it on one of his albums. Right. Um, I think it's the sports, drugs, and entertainment. Sports, drugs, and entertainment. Yeah, okay. He got that record. He talked about it. But um, yeah. Let me think. First time we did records, man. We I think yeah. I was in New York, and then we went to like a show. I think he had a show, and then we left, went to the studio, and you know they that's back when everybody was smoking Dutchess and. Mm. I'm like, man, where are the swishers, bro? Like, we smoked, you know what I mean? They were so strong. I'm like, bro. But I was smoking them like, fuck it, you know? But, yeah, it was dope. We we knocked out, um, I think the first record me and him did was that, man, what mixtape he put that shit on? That, Push your pistols in the clover G's and dipset. We could probably Damn. figure it out. Yeah, I'm trying to think. And I was jamming <laughs> this like two fucking weeks ago. We could probably figure it out with a quick Google. We got to do this. If you let you rap and you run, nigga. I say everybody want to be popped until they really get shot. Oh, yeah, yeah. Hustle Hard featuring Lil Flip. Cameron. Is that what you're thinking nah, of? That's the, nah, bust your, bust guns. your guns. Bust, bust your guns was the first one. Like I say, everybody want to be Pac until they really get shot. Yeah. Yeah. Damn, you guys had a couple of classics. It's so weird when you go on YouTube and even see 10 years ago. And it was longer than that. Yeah. 2009. Hustle, Hustle Hard was the second record we did. Like I think we, I'm trying to think if we did these all in one day. I think we had two different sessions or whatever. And then one time we did a show together somewhere and Ohio back when he had that club and, mm-hmm. and I think we you know we we catch each other on you know on the road you know source awards I mean you guys were both like two of the hottest new young dudes coming out so it must have been like a wild combi- combined energy at that time and the dope part about it is like I'm not just a, a new Cameron fan right mm. I'm a Cameron fan from back in the children of the corn days when he oh, was wow. rapping with Big L right like Big L is one of my favorite rappers. My favorite Big L record is Ebonics. Really? Ah oh, man, he killed it. That's a classic one. Even though none of that slang must have been anything that you were used to saying at that time, right? Not me, but I heard it. <laughs> yeah. Because I, I have family in New York, so right. they would come to Texas and be like, "Yo, son," I'd be like, "We be like, um, I'm not your son." <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, why you keep calling me that, bro? Like, growing up, a son then, was what a cop would call you. Man, come here, son. Man. That wasn't something you <laughs> called your friends. Yeah. <laughs> but then that just became a thing at a certain point. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so uh, at what point did Screw pass away, like in terms of your career, and, and what was your observation of that at that time when that hit? Um, That was like an interesting day. Um, pretty much I, I just remember getting up. I think I was headed to the distribution company that put our music out. And I'm riding. And on the way there, I pick up my phone. And it, it's his number on my phone, like on the screen. You know, like your phone pressing. And it just, I'm like, oh. But I, I just looked at it like, oh, shit, let me move. You know, hit the button so it don't call him. Mm. Then we go do the meeting. We come out. Uh, my business partner, well, my ex-business partner, um, he got a, Phone calls like, yeah, screw kick the bucket. And I'm like, huh? 
So it didn't really hit me. Then he said, nah, he did. I'm like, huh? And so I was just like, all right. Like, I, I dealt with death so many times that when it happened, you know, you're like, all right, shit, that's fucked up. Like, you know what I mean? And then once I get alone, then I think about it, digest, and be like, okay, yeah, this is crazy. But it don't hit me much or as hard because I'm always, like, touring. Mm. You know what I mean? You know, if you're moving that fast, I've had that same exact experience where right. if someone passes but you're so wrapped up in what you're doing at that moment that it just takes time for you to even realize how you really feel about losing that person. And and not even that. It more so, it, it trains you to kind of, you know, keep on doing what you do because you condition your mind. If you're a busy person in your mind already, you're used to not seeing those people a lot, mm. right? right? So in my mind, a lot of these people are like, they're at home, right? And mm. I'm just busy. Right. You feel what I mean? You're not going to be seeing them anyway every right. day, so. But, you know, on their birthdays and, you know, Instagram posts. And then, like, my grandpa, rest in peace to Robert Harris, His I got his obituary. It's, like, on my son's visor. And then I got Big T. Um, rest in peace to Big T. I got his, uh, you know, over my other one. Okay. So it's like they ride with me, and then I got this little house that I, I painted, and and uh, I got R.I.P. Big T, and, you know, sentimental shit like that. Right. Yeah, so at my career, though, I just wanted to give you the story of how that day happened. I I was going to accidentally call him, and then when I leave a meeting, walk out, he died. Right. Crazy. But um, Did that cause you to sort of reflect on your lifestyle or, like, all the things that, that seem so normal that you came up doing? Oh, yeah, yeah, everybody was like, okay, yeah, we got to slow down. We mm-hmm. got to party less, train, work out, you know, eat what you want, but still have your days where you, you know what I mean? You know you know what I mean? You got right. to balance it because some people, you know, everything don't work for the same people. Like some people live their life every day like, I'm not going to eat meat, I'm going to do what you do. That might work for you. Right. And some people live long, hell. They might eat bad for three days of the week and the, the other four days, you know, so do what works for you. So I came up with a plan that works for me, and um, I'm, I'm still. So you've been, like, aware of fitness and health and everything oh, from yeah. a younger age? Yeah, got to, man. I mean, you are in pretty good shape, yeah. Thank you. Compared to a lot of people from your generation who got thank big you. old pot bellies thank and you, shit. Thank you, thank you, man. <laughs> I work out, man, you know. I still look the same yeah. as I looked. Pretty much. From the game over days, you know. <laughs> Vampires no, don't age, man. That's a good way to age yourself extra fast is if all of a sudden you look like a real fat version of the dude who put out the song like a couple of years ago. All of a sudden you look like a funny version of that. Man. Then the kids are not going to be able to think of you the same. No, I know. <laughs> I know. So what do you do for exercise at this point? You, you're in the gym? Box. I have gym at home. Okay. But sometimes I do go train with, with my fighters and stuff like that. Um Lift, curls, run, swim, uh, box, uh, you know, hike. Mm-hmm. You know, we we be doing pushing them big ass tires, trench work. You know, we we, you know, I Are mix you, it up. I did, mix it up. I don't overdo it. Like I, I'm, I want to be there every day pushing tires. No, I have I have it all scheduled out. Oh, you got a schedule? Yeah, because I got to still perform. So I I be on stage. You know, sometimes like. You hold two, it together two, two hours, three hours, two or three hour sets. Yeah, yeah. Because sometimes, sometimes I DJ. Oh yeah, yeah. Like right after. So wow. 
you know. That's crazy. Do you 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 don't have a hard time holding it together in terms of working out when you're on the road and shit? Because that's something I, I I could work out four or five six days a week, no problem. As soon as I'm on the road, it's like maybe out of a week I'll drag myself to that hotel gym once. Nah, I just make time. You know, fuck it. You know, I make time for everything else. So mm-hmm. I'm gonna just even if I just go in there and do like a hundred curls or thirty. At least I know, okay, well, I didn't let today go by and you know, I didn't do something. So right. I, I, I just got myself disciplined in a way, you know, that works for me so I can do what I do. Mm-hmm. And one thing that I do, it, you might want to try it. It might work for you. It might not. One thing I do, I set my, my dumbbells, I set them out around my house. Ah. So I got one in the kitchen. It's on the counter. I don't give a fuck if a person walk in and be like, hey, why is it on the counter? Because I wanted it. It's mm-hmm. my kingdom. But anyway. But is it just a reminder to you? N- no, it's a reminder, and, and then it's a motivator, right? So it's one in the kitchen, and then it's one like right by my jacuzzi. So when I walk in, my thing is I can't walk past it five times without going to do it. Mm. So if I walk past it five times, I'm like, all right, got to do some curls. Right. So I just got my mind trained to, you know, put little hints and different things to make things you know, fun and, you know, stimulate my mind. So, because if you, if you leave it up to yourself after you smoke backwoods and drink and you chilling, hey, good, I don't want to go to the gym. Yeah. But as you walking through through your house, you know, going whatever to the door, whatever, whatever, you see the way, like, fuck, I walk by five times. Yeah. You know? I love weed, but that's the one thing that sometimes occurs to me is, like, if I wasn't smoking weed, I'd probably be catching workouts at 2 in the morning, you know? Straight up. <laughs> like, I would just be able to find that motivation. I was thinking that last night. I get home, I start rolling the wood right away, and I had been thinking previously in the day, I'm like, I'm going to get on that bike, I'm going to do a half hour when I get home. I get home, nope, rolling the wood. Yeah, that's why you got to trick yourself sometimes. Sometimes you have to be your, just like they say, we, we are our uh, worst enemy. Mm. So sometimes you got to be your best hero. You got to trick yourself into into doing the right things. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. I try to like set up incentives in my mind where it's like I'm not going to let myself <laughs> play video games or like right. do something that I, if I'm really fiending to like play this video game or something right. I got a desire. It's like in my head it's like no. You got to you got to or even you know what? I try to not shower unless I work out first. I still will do it, but it's like mm. I like that mentality because then it's like if I wake up in the morning, it's like, oh, I just want to take a shower. It's like, nah, you're not taking a shower unless you get a workout in. And that, mm. that mentality see? will make me work out way more often. Well, see, you got a system that works for you. <laughs> and that's dope. That's dope. A little something. Um, I need one of those shirts too, bro. I oh, just want to let you. you know. I, we got all I kinds fuck, of shit over I here. I fuck with that. Oh, yeah, no problem. Of course. I wear black 300 days out of the year, so. What the fuck are you doing 65 days out of the year? Floral uh, shirts to, and shit? Nah, but but if I'm in that mood, maybe. But I, I don't own a floral shirt. Mm. I, I mean, unless you consider a rose. You know, I have a, a shirt with a few roses, so that's floral. I own one, one or two. I'm kind of like <laughs> but, getting to the point where I feel like I got to dress more in accordance with what I'm doing. Like, if mm. it's a nice spring day and you're just, like, going out for brunch, but I'm wearing, like, tight black jeans and a black T-shirt, like, the same way I dress every other fucking day, I'm just like, this does not feel like an appropriate look. And I'm looking around at everybody else. Everybody else wearing earth tones and shit, and, like, I'm just all black. And I'm just like, I, I feel like the goth kid in high school. Like, I'm trying to look like a bad a bad yeah. kid. Gothic. <laughs> you know. But what, yeah, what, what, you're just married to wearing all black? It just feels right? Uh, a lot of my family members Black Panthers. Oh, so, okay. You know, like I say, my upbringing was a lot different. 
you know. Mm. Grandpa was in the military. Um, great-grandpa and grandmother, beauticians, musicians, fighters, boxers, shooters, Black Panthers, uh, businessmen yeah. and women. That's what's up. Um, I and know, athletes and athletes. Just excellence overall. Yeah. I, I seen you have a thing called, like, hashtag arts over drugs. Correct. Where did that motivation come from? Like, did you start looking at your career at a certain point and be like, you know, I feel like I need to do something that's more explicitly positive? I just felt like I wanted to always come up with a program. Like, I went to elementary, like, in Houston, it's called River Oaks. That's like the, you know, better part, safer part, you know, more expensive houses, you know, mm-hmm. um, kind of like what Bear Larry is to, you know, here. So, Pretty much, you know, I was learning how to speak different languages, work with computers, act, paint, young, right? Mm -hmm. So that gave me, like, an advantage, you know, to know how to direct screenplays and act and work the equipment and hold a camera and, you know, burn trash to make, you know, a smoke effect before we could buy, you know, fog machines. So, you know, me me going to that school, it it, it put me in a different mind frame so young. Mm -hmm. So I just want to kind of give kids an option to learn how to act, um, paint, as well as play musical instruments and learn how to engineer. Mm. You know, because when I was young, I made money running people's studio. Like I would engineer, you know, 10, 11, 12, 13 years old, $50 an hour. That's crazy. They get the studio get 25. I got 25. Right. Down the middle. And if you give kids an option, if you give them something to be motivated with, then that's just the number one thing that's going to keep them away from getting into bad shit. Correct. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, in this world, it's it's mainly about um, being, well, money, for starters, and then being accepted. Mm. And, you know, if you learn the value of money, because, like, as kids— if we want something from our parents, you know, we used to get mad. Ah, you, you don't love me, blah, 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 I hate you. Like, I never said that, you know, I hate my parents and no shit like that. But, you know, you got mad, though, you mm. know what I'm saying? And um, the crazy part about it, man, when you get older, now you look, you're like, damn. You know, you could work for a check, factor in your bills, like, okay, I'm making this. I'm My bill's that, that leaves me with this. And then you go fuck around and spend all that on your groceries and keep you fifty dollars, and then, bam, somebody hits your fucking car. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yep. Bam, somebody steal your purse. Right. You know what I mean? Just dumb shit happen, and you're not prepared for it. Being prepared is number one. Like you got to right. have that safety net, so, that cushion. Right. Correct. So we just giving them a head start. Like, look, you could be doing this, 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 playing the piano, expressing yourself. You mm. might end up being a musician. You might want to direct movies. Right. But we're giving you the tools as a kid. Yeah. And that's what matters. A lot of times when you see kids that are just out in the hood, it's like it, it feels like nobody has ever really given them that knowledge of like you could be passionate about something. You could try something. You could get good at something. You can make money from that. That could be your job. A lot of kids, it's really unfortunate because I feel like you come from an environment where your parents were making it pretty obvious to you that you were special and that you could have talent, that you could do something positive with yourself. Same thing with me. But a lot of kids, their parents apparently just don't really give a shit enough to try to breathe that confidence in 
into them. And then when you see those kids at 17, 18, those are the types of kids that get into drugs. Those are the types that get crazy into the gang shit or just all kinds of shit because they don't, they, they don't have that right in front of them that, that they could be something bigger than that. Yeah. Big facts. You got kids now? Yeah. How many? Two sons. What ages? Man, the world may never know. <laughs> so you keep that part of your life super yeah. low key? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But know. still pretty young, I'm assuming. I mean, Hakuna Matata. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I tell you out there. Okay. How is Because I fuck with you like that. Oh, I appreciate I, that. I operate off energy and vibes, man. Oh, and thank your you, energy, man. you know, I fuck with you, man. I yeah. appreciate but that. But we'll, we'll have a, some, a personal relationship outside this as well, man. And... And make some moves. Okay. Yeah. Let's do it. I actually, I'm, I'm real curious about your your painting because that's something I lost over the years. I used to paint so much when I was in mm-hmm. high school and shit, and just sort of over the years, sort of strayed away from it. Man, I used to paint when I was uh, elementary a lot. I always like you know would draw album covers, mm. but um. I started back painting 2015. I don't know what made me start. I, I think I got bored. Like, I recorded at such a fast pace. Like, mm. I have an album done in, like, two days, three days, and be like, okay, uh, what's next? What the fuck do I, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I think I just was bored. And um, I just started back doing, like, these all the cartoon characters that I grew up, you know, watching and um, Inspector Gadgets and uh, Nintendo video games, Legend of Zelda, like, Mario. I'm a Zelda fanatic. I love Mario, all that shit. Yeah, I got, I, I did like the Simpsons. They, they all glow in the dark. They're like in my wall. Like they all glow in the dark and the eyes, like when you walk by them, like everybody. That was like our era of like cartoon characters and I shit. Got, all the shit that was popping at that time. I got them all on the wall. That's fire. Yeah, so so I do that. Like, and we be going to the times we do like paint with flip. Mm. You know, smoke friendly cities and states. We do puff paint. We flip, you know what I mean? Damn. But it's crazy, man. They show up, man, and, and we do. We paint, we talk. I play them the new music. Like, I just dropped a new album with this cat out of St. Louis named E.J. Carter. Okay. We got a record called Propane. Um, I dropped the Clover Nostra, which showcases all the people on Clover Gang. Um, King Shermo and Trap Frost. They got the Cold Hearted Kings album. And then... We got a mirror. I got a crazy guitar player. He's crazy with it. Okay. How do you end up running as a talent at this point? Is it through working in studios and shit or just through your friends? Man, I know people that know people. Mm. I, I kept majority of the relationships that I felt were worth keeping around. You know what I mean? And um, I can pick up the phone and, you know, Get you on the phone with whoever. Uh-huh. And um, I don't take it for granted. So I just, I, I meet people everywhere. But for the majority of it, I try to stick with the people I know that's going to come through. But I still, you know, often dibble and dabble with giving somebody new an opportunity. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? I just believe in you know, shuffling up the deck a little bit. You know what I mean? Each album, I, I work with a new producer, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I try to get that new cat that, that that chance and be like, hey, you know, come over here. Let's, you know, let's cook up. You know what I mean? And Sometimes people need that little boost, you know. Like, damn, I grew up watching you and you know about me. Yeah. You know what I mean? That that could be the 
defining moment in their career, mm-hmm. they might have been at the road of like, man, I ain't doing this shit no more. And then Flip tells you, <laughs> like, like with EJ Carter, like he wasn't gonna quit music, but this is a perfect example of, of how I met EJ Carter. I was supposed to do the record with him. I told the people that was working with him, you know, I, you know, I do it. I told him my fee. <clears throat> I don't know what happened. It never happened. A year later, I'm riding. I'm going through my email, and I'm like, wait a minute. Propane. I remember this record, Propane. Oh, fuck. Man, I remember this verse. His his verse, second verse, I'm like, man, I remember that verse. It was hard as fuck. I'm like, I called my partner, Chelsea Cloud, out there in the Kansas City area. I'm like, hey, man, get me on the phone with EJ Carter. He called him. He had his family dinner table. Hey, what's going on? We having dinner, man, but you flip, you know. He like, hey, man. I'm like, look, bro, this record dope. The world need to hear it. I don't know what happened. We didn't do it. I don't know if it was about the money. But fuck the money. I'm going to do the record free. The world needs to hear you because dude can rap his ass off. He raps, sing, make beats, direct video. Like, I'm on anybody you see next to me. They have multiple tasks. Like, we on some, the Avengers shit meets Transformers meets Voltron meets Blade. Right. All in one. Yeah. Yeah, so. We, Damn, I got to hear this song. Yeah, Propane. It's, it's crazy, bro. It's crazy. It, it's one of my favorite records. Like, we that's what I'm on now. I'm, I'm on the Propane tour. Okay. Me, EJ Carter, Trap Frost, King Shermo. That's fine. Yeah. Um, we got the. What's a little flip show like these days? Who, who's, who comes out? Man, it depends on what area I'm in, but I, because I got members, Clover G members all around the world. Right. Usually, if I'm in the four to eight hour radius of them, you know, they go pull up. But if I tell them to pull up, and it's a hundred hours, they go pull up, you know. Yeah. But so, um, but like lately, you know, it's, it's Flip, EJ Carter, Boss Talk, King Shermo, Trap Frost, and we've been killing it. And like every time I do a show, I start my show with a freestyle. We go through the classics, you know. I I reassess their brains and remind them mm-hmm. I'm on like bro. I'm on like five thousand albums, like right. you know. I will go down in the history as the the artist that collaborated with the most people. Yeah, I heard you saying that. Yeah, in a different I, interview. Yeah, I, I literally do probably fifteen fifteen verses a week. Really? Yeah, in real life. It must have come so natural to you at this point. Yeah. It's what I do. <laughs> yeah, that's what you do well. Thank you, um, man. Okay, two two official questions I have written down here. Actually, maybe three. So, okay. I I wrote my initial notes to interview you like over a year ago when we were first supposed to do this interview, mm-hmm. and I'm not sure exactly what I was going to ask, but I just one of the things just says Trump. What are your thoughts on Trump? <laughs> I have no thoughts on him. Like. No comment. <laughs> yeah. Have you been outspoken about your disliking his his uh, presidency? Um, not really. You know what I'm saying? Nah, I, I kind of feel like, you know, at the end of the day, somebody is a, you know, a human being. I'm just not in the business of trying to tear anybody down, whether I don't, whether, whether you know, whether I like what they're doing or not, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So I, I just kind of like... You stay out of politics? Yeah, I, I kind of just stay away from it. But, you know, I feel how I feel. I don't agree with shit that ain't right. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, 
I feel like the Hispanic people, you know what I'm saying, they do a lot for our country. Mm. I fuck with them, so, you know, if they here, they need to be here with their families. You, separate, how, you know, that's just me. How do you feel about the wall? You're over there. You're not so far away from where the wall might be. Man, the only, <laughs> the only wall we need is Paul Wall, man. <laughs> Shut up, Paul Wall. What's your relationship with him like at this point? You ever talk? Yeah, yeah. We was together at uh, Johnny Dang um, at his store. We get, we we presented Johnny Dang with a, a cooler. Oh, really? Yeah. like Of Exotic Pop? Yeah, at his jewelry store. Yeah, on Richmond. I was trying to think of the street, Richmond. Yeah, mm-hmm. in Houston. So, uh, Bobby and Jay uh, Mighty was the... Oh, okay. Uh, Max O'Cream came. Shout out Max O'Cream. Uh, Jay Mack from the box. and uh, yeah, A few people came through. I didn't see everybody. Oh, Zero came. Zero came. So Zero. Fire, fire. Only person I ever interviewed who had me buy him like an $80 bottle of scotch before we did the interview. For real? <laughs> yeah, I got sent to the supermarket to buy this. Rotha was, hold <laughs> this up, was years Rotha, ago. Rotha was drinking the scotch, yeah. man. <laughs> hold up, man. We doing Kings of the South, too. Oh, Apple, really? Me and Zero. We doing part two. We got like five records. Hey, this shit is like phenomenal. Like, wow. like in real life. That's exciting. When's the last time you poured up? Uh, About 40 minutes ago. 40 minutes ago. So that's dirty right there? Hey. I don't know enough about my... uh. Our products that we're selling. Yeedy. You hear that hitting the ice? Yes, sir. Um, and, and I do have a valid prescription. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I don't I, think they're checking for that too hard out here. I, it, I just, you know, sometimes you got to let people know because people look up to us and, mm. you know, we. I'm the one that made this shit cool. You know, the double cups and the screwed up click, you know what I mean? So, you know, you got you to gotta let people know when you elevate. You know, so they needed to know. Have you yeah. always been a person that was really good with, like, balance? You seem like you were able to do so many things at once throughout your career that there's no way that you were ever, like, fully just fucked up off drink, right? Man, I'm I'm just dope with it, bro. <laughs> you got like, that balance you, now? You have to. My job is to make words rhyme and come up with witty shit. And, mm. and whether you high, sober, you know what I mean? Mm. So... It's a, it's to me it's it's an easy job, but it's also because it's so easy. It's it can be easy of you to take take it for granted. Is what I'm saying. Like I don't take it for granted. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So yeah, it's a time to smoke. It's a time to party. It's a time to drink. But man, for me, it's money time. Mm-hmm. It's business time. It's close a deal in the shortest amount of time, in the most respectful way, without wasting each other's time. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and me showing you, I'm going to do more than what the contract say. And then you go want to do more business with me. You know what I mean? So you just got to balance your life out, man. Life always been about balance. Like playing quarterback, uh, the point guard, uh, kicker, punter, safety, running back, you know, boxing. You know, all these things are mine things. So, mm-hmm. like, I'm, I think, like, a fucking quarterback, center field. I play center field when I play baseball. You know, I'm thinking from – all the angles, the equalizer. You got to be able to play your position. Yeah, positions. Positions. With a Z. <laughs> with a Z. Yeah, because I got so many. <laughs> you know, that kind of went away at a certain point. Is that remember like rap albums when you go look at the back of them and there would be no S's. Everything would be a Z. Mm-hmm. A lot yeah. of creative spelling on the back of albums. And it feels like when shit drops on iTunes now, they want they want you to be able to search for it the way it's supposed to be spelled. 
So they're going to spell it the right way because they want you to be able to find that shit on iTunes. Man. I remember them days. We need more creative misspellings, man. That was a good era. I, I do it. I still do it. My dad asked me one day. He like, man. It's funny as fuck. He like, why you spell your records different? Why the songs? You make it hard for people to find. Why do you do that? I'm like, bro. I'm like, when people going left and going right, man, I'm going straight. Like, so I just put out a record called I'm Just Venting, and I spelled it all in one word. You know, it's just like, I'm just venting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You still got your dad? Yeah. How's he doing? Great. What's his, uh, what's he like these days? Lifestyle Laid back. Same. Chill Southern mm-hmm. gentleman, what we're, what we're probably expecting in our head. Yeah. He Laid back, you know, looking out for my grandma, um, and just... Being the best dad, you know what I mean? I get a lot of advice from him. Um, before I make certain decisions in my mind, most people, they be like, what would Jesus do? You know what I'm saying? I say, what would my dad do? You always had a relationship that strong? Mm-hmm. You see my socks, my socks. I got on socks that say Jesus. I love Jesus all over the socks. There we go. And you got some bands with some fucking Japanese writing all over them. Yeah, man. The drip don't stop. I love Jesus socks on, man. <laughs> but what was your question? What'd you, what'd you say? Uh, Something about your dad. I don't know. The moon rocks are getting to me, too, I think. Straight up. <laughs> it's all good. Hey, oh, yeah, the other question. Will the, will spinners ever make a comeback? Man. They could kind of use it, right? Like, I feel like it, the, the time is probably right. Somebody walked up to my car yesterday and was like, <laughs> Tried to spin, spin right? <laughs> yeah, I was like, nah. <laughs> I'm like, nah. It's been a while, man. Yeah, I, who knows? I mean, bro, we got shoes coming out that look like Dr. Show's orthopedic shoes that are in style now. Mm. Like a lot of these, like, you know, Balenciagas and, you know, the the weird, the, yeah. the new style trend where the shoes look like Legos. The, the, Some of them be dope as fuck. The but trend like, is like to make it as ugly as possible. Yes. And then it's still somehow cool. But like, bro, it, it's crazy. You never know what people go like. And my dad, I always put this in my mind. He like, man, son, don't ever have a closed mind. Mm-hmm. You never know, you know, because it, it'll be times he might cut his hair. You know what I'm saying? He might fuck it up. And I'd be like, man, you fucked it up in the back. He like, I don't care. <laughs> he say, somebody might see my haircut and be like, I like that. I want this to be the style. I don't care. So he like taught me to like stay humble and humble myself into being like, if you put something on and you like it, Fuck how somebody else feel about it. You know what I mean? Your dad sounds like a real rapper because that's a very rapper thing to do is to take something that is considered by everybody to be corny or weird yeah. or lame and then just present it in a different light. Yep. I heard Joe Budden say that on his podcast the other day. He said Jay-Z, his whole career, has held back and not said shit about whatever he was thinking about talking about. And then he dropped a song where he spoke on everything he wanted him to talk about and basically told you, like, all that shit you think is hot is actually lame. Yeah, Jay, man, Jay, Jay been preaching to us and talking to us through his music all the time, man. And some people just like the beats, you know. Some people repeat the words and don't even realize, you know, what they're actually saying. Like, you got to really break down the music, man. Mm. Very true. We're all working on our first billion. Hey, damn right. You might have one tucked away. We don't know how many albums you sold out the trunk back in the day. When I when I get a billion, I'm gonna throw a party. And we, I'm gonna I'm let you help set that bitch up. Shit, I got you. I know I, a couple girls. I plan to, I plan to have one in within five years. Really? Yeah, I just, I just did this deal, bro. Like I got my own live TV 
streaming out, oh, you know shit. what I'm saying? In my own network as well. That's the future. So, Technology. Flip TV. All It'll right. be out like later this June. FlipTV.com slash Adam22. Let's talk about some business, man. Let's do it. I'm about to fuck shit up. I'm ready. I'm about to bring back like, you know, what TV was missing. Like what we loved to buy BET and what we loved to buy MTV uh-huh. and what we loved about the show that used to come on back in the days out here called a music box. Mm-hmm. You know, like how you can vote and shit. Right. You yeah. know, for for the, the new record to come on and <laughs> by the time the end of the video come on, you know, this one had the most votes and like right. f- fan, you know, where your fans can actually like we about to bring back content, man. And I partnered up with a lot of comedians and stuff, like you know Jeff Shelley, Michael Blackson, comedian Shannon. Yeah. Uh, Thirty nine cents. Like, like we about to fuck shit up, man. Like what you looking at? What I plan to do is what the the Wayans family did. Right. You know, with films and stuff, and bringing their family members in. So mm. now the world is about to see my my directorial. My director side, you know, because like the game over, sunshine, like I wrote those treatments and helped direct those. Right. Like I don't just let a cameraman be like, put me in front of a car in a club and take my 30 grand. Yeah. No. <laughs> I direct my own videos, got my own cameras, I edit, Avid, Final Cut, uh, Vegas. Like every job I pay somebody to do, I can do. Damn, you edit. I, I, I record myself. I'm always so impressed when people can edit. I mix my own music. Oh, that's hard too. Yeah. I could probably edit a video. Mm-hmm. I could definitely edit a video. I'm not saying it would be great, but I could definitely edit a video. But whenever I seen one time I seen somebody like had a video of six nine and he's just all of a sudden he's he's in front of a fucking computer and he's editing video and I'm like, Wow, all right. You know, I know he's got a disgraced reputation at this point, but I was pretty impressed that he was editing his own video because that shows that he just really hundred percent gave a fuck about how he was presenting himself, you know? Hey, artists, take time to do it. Take time to learn. Learn learn how to do any job you pay somebody to do because it's a lot of artists man if if they manager leave them they ain't gonna know how to do nothing mm. they not you can't just get caught up in just being a rapper man and if you don't if and if you just want to be a rapper make sure you got somebody trustworthy so that's why what we go do with this don't let the music industry fool you whole movement like we go give artists you know what they want and what they need like hey what do you need are you an artist, a people person that like to talk to people? Or are you an artist, you just want to show up and get your bag? You tell us what kind of artist you are, we figure it out. All right, this is who we go put you in touch with. They're going to handle all your blah, blah, blah. This is their resume, their track record. You feel me? We vouch for them. Good luck. If you need us, you can't get in touch with them. So we go be putting people in the right positions and with the right people so they can get what they want. Mm. And... They go get it done the right way. That's a beautiful thing. I feel like we sort of drilled down into the, the personality of Lil Flip as just being like an extremely creative, uh, open-minded person. I don't know if any like interviews that I saw prior to this necessarily like communicated that as well as I feel like I now understand. You just have a very open mind and very oh, yeah. creative spirit. Gotta be. Facts. Gotta be. You know, especially if you want to enjoy life. You know what I mean? Facts. I love being creative. I fucks with it. I, I, and I love seeing other people that's creative. I root for them. That's taking you far. It'll take you far in life if you got the, if you got a love for that creativity because you never know what's going to hit. Mm-hmm. Facts. Big facts. Big facts. All right. Well, hey, man, I appreciate you coming in and doing this. This has been a very, very enjoyable conversation. 
Not a problem, man. Got anything you want to uh, say to the people out there? I appreciate the love and support, man. Get the Coneheads album out. It's out right now. Who we got on there? We got Snoop Dogg. We got Devin the Dude on it. Shout out to Bearwoods. Flip Thank a, you. Flip lighting one up right now. Straight up. Russian cream. You already know. Bearwoods. The glass tip. The black glass tip. That looks expensive when you got the black glass on there. Yep. <laughs> hey. But yeah, man. We love y'all, man. To all the fans, I see y'all. Propane tour. Check out the propane video. I'll be coming to your town very soon. Painting. Paint with Flip. Just follow me on Instagram and I'll give you all the details. Little Flip 713. Appreciate No Jumper having me, man. Appreciate you, man. I represent that exotic pop. Same. Thank you, man. Appreciate you, G. Yeetie. No Jumper, coolest podcast in the world. Check us out on YouTube, SoundCloud, iTunes. Oh, yeah. You know what we forgot to do? What? I forgot to give him a freestyle. Oh, shit. Let's... Sounds like a great I way to go out. I don't have to have a beat, but let's pull a beat up on, on the phone. Just some. Any beat come to mind? A little flip some, type beat? My type is all beats. I have no style. All right. I'm going to find something cool right here. Yeah. Um, and you can switch the motherfuckers up, too, if you want. Let's just do a fucking random ass type beat. Let's do Playboy Cardi type beat. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Chilling in the studio, living in a gangster paradise like Coolio. I'm trying to get it lit up. I keep my cup double cup when I sit up. You know, I'm representing H Town. We had pounds on the Greyhound. Now we trapping out the mega bus, and you ain't shit if you ain't never been screwed up. Put my drink in the freezer, now it's a cool cup. I'm in the fourth with two sluts. H-Town, where I come from, we got Dracos, put away that stun gun. 25 lighters on my dresser, yes sir. You ain't smoking gas like a Tesla, I bet you. And your trunk ain't got no thumpers. I seen you on the court, you ain't got no jumper. <laughs> It's H time, baby, and I move around with the tray pound, baby. Yeah, sipping on this his herb, swinging by the kids herb, serve rappers like our deserves. This a freestyle partner, I ain't right shit. I'm a smoker seven, nigga, that's a Mike Vick. Smoking on the bare wood. A glass wood with the glass tip and that motherfucker black. I put some swingers on my lack. I sip codeine, not yak, but milk does about it good. Don't get my life misunderstood. You don't know what I've been through. I see a rapper. We do a song together. I figure he's on the menu. Eat the verse up, then I'm gone. Chunk the deuce and text me or email me when you want to do another song. Everywhere I go, you know I'm strapped up. I say the brick mummy fire because it's wrapped up. You can't name one nigga who slapped us. Man, this a chapter that you would never figure out. I got thoughts in my brain, and it's time for me to get them out, spit them out. AK sticking out. Play with my cash, and then I'm flipping out. Pun intended. Rest in peace to big pun. I'm highly recommended. I get you suspended. <laughs> and everywhere I go, I'm trying all the shrimp. Rest in peace to Soldier Slim. I like it when the beat break down. This freestyle is like a Chuck Liddell takedown. 
and this is Homer. Your bitch called me. I got a boner. <laughs> and now we chilling. Yesterday I was watching the show Brewster's Millions with Richard Pryor. I never been a liar. Can you fire that hoe back up? Cause it's running out the fire. And all of our acquire was the money, the millions. Five years, I bet I have a billion, then a trillion. Man, I'ma make sure my whole team straight. They kids, 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 kids. Translate from Houston all the way to Russia. <laughs> End of discussion. H time, baby. I love that shit. 20 inches, they smile. Don't rub that shit. I used to ride on spinners. I'm still a winner. Far from a beginner. Never been a pretender. If I said it, I meant it. I paid for it. The pink slip is mine. Not rent it. But if you rent, that's cool. If you lease, that's cool. Hell, do whatever the fuck works best for you. Don't let nobody control you. And if you got things you're going through, text me. If I ain't busy, I'll try to console you. <laughs> Give me one more. <laughs> No, that's that flow. Yeah. Classic fucking flow right there, bro. Give me one more in there, you know. That was a beautiful thing. I gotta, you know, I got to make sure this 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 night is epic, you know what I mean? I don't be in Cali as much as I should be, so I got to make sure I leave y'all with You can rap shit. over any beat. This beat got a cool vibe. I hit this bitch two times. For some reason, man, it ain't hitting. Can we fire up a different one? Shit, while I'm spitting, I'm trying to smoke a blunt. No jumper, man. You know I gotta do it, huh? I gotta kick a freestyle that make him go crazy. I'm about to get a billion dollars like Jay-Z. Yep, nigga, you know we weeded. Yesterday I went to the store undefeated. They gave me this shirt. They gave me this hat. DJ Screw, man, we finally got some plaques. I told my hood I'ma bring it back. Yo shit cut, we go bring them crack. A1 Yola, from the west to the east coast. I need scrambled eggs and I need toast. About two rapes and three ghosts. <laughs> and I'm like three, four. Pulling out the 30. My high school, they retire in my jersey. Basketball, baseball, football star. Pulled up $300,000 car. Rafe, man. Yeah, put them diamonds in your face, man. I pull that K, man. Man, you should just break dance, spin around. Jump off the wild like Peter Parker. I'm from H-Town. Water dripping, no snorkel. Dripping sauce like my partner, Sauce Walker. I'm from H-Town. We be down in Austin. TJ Jury, that's my partner. Get my drink from the doctor. Move around with them choppers. Got fur coats like Chewbacca. Smoke weed with the rosters. My bodyguard ain't Kevin Costner. <laughs> Nigga, this a freestyle, baby. You forgot what Flip did. You must be C now, baby. Everything straight? Everything cool? Like BG said, nigga, it's all on you. Check on the car, make sure they don't tow my shit. H-Time, you know I rep the screwed up click. I freestyle while giving messages in my flows. The man right here, but I ain't Mr. Co. I made a hundred million dollars, bitch. I'ma get some more. Get the cash, do the show, and then I'm getting low. Chilling at the back cave. You call yours a man cave. I'm not a slave. This a freestyle, everything crunk. I'm a po' codeine in the punch. 
We mix the shit up with the double cup. And you ain't shit if you ain't never been screwed up. Hurricane Harvey came, then we won the motherfucking World Series. You can't knock us down. Yeah, champs now. Take him to camp now. Like my partner Jim Jones, I'ma take him to vamp now. Vampire life shit. Yeah, I'm back on this bullshit. Half a tank of gas, rolling with a full clip. Watching MASH on my soldier shit, nigga. Two guns up. And yeah, I got my hostess. And I got 25 lighters on the motherfucking dresser for smoking. Some of my niggas blood, some of them loking. I'm the boss in Spanish, my nigga. I'm El Jefe. I'm from Houston, bitch. We get our work from the essays. I run the borders. Dodger like tummy disorder. Give me something else, man. <laughs> my, my number three. So you That's know why what? you're legendary as fuck. All right. Oh, Dice, that's my guy. I didn't know what you were saying. Because I, I, I was rapping. Yeah, let Dice in. Yeah, yeah, that's my nigga. I thought they were saying your car got towed or some shit. That's my guy. Tell him come in. Yeah, I, I couldn't hear. I was freestyling. Like Dice Solo. Dice oh, so you said Solo. Oh, yeah. That's what Dice is here? Oh, okay. My nigga Dice just about. pulled up in that shit nice. Flip what you go do. Mix sprites. That's my nigga named Dice. I was freestyling. I didn't hear the name Dice, but yeah. when she said Dice Solo, I'm... Dice, Dice Soho, you we know still how, pull up in two huh. doors. My pull up photo huh. with my boy Adam and my boy Flip. Huh. Pull up a deuce and just sip. Sip. We go Exotic. sip. Pop. For H-Town, bodies rock. Tops drop, we sipping on that shit. That's my dog, man. We grew up down with the same click, you know. Bad habits, pull up with automatics, yeah. TV, it ain't fucked up, no static. Here is something I can't understand. I could just kill a man on the East Coast, man. I fuck with Killer Cam. A nigga cross me, I turn him to Lieutenant Dan. I tried to tell them niggas we ain't fell off. I'm a king, motherfucker. Can't you see we living well off? The rate paid for the Bentley truck, about to get the Rolls truck. I'ma do a lot of shit, nigga. Go get a cold cut, huh. eat some shrimp. Like a pimp, I made five mil out there. I paid a lot of bills out there. I built a lot of niggas out of jail. Some of them ain't around, but it's cool. They like brandy, man. They just wanna be down. You a clown, but you ain't it. You the shit, nah. You get shot, cause you spit like shit, yeah. I'm sitting in the front of the plane, but the back of the bus. You get it? Alright, ain't no need to explain the lifestyle I live. <laughs> Man, y'all niggas, y'all kids, we go stand up, do the concert, and tell the fans to put their hands up. Before you see me, promoter, he gave them bands up. I'm a Black Panther, my granny beat cancer, you chillin' with a dancer. Like AI, I'm the question and the answer. You go fuck around, make me lady and a tramper. You get tramper. Your paint was cool, you seen my shit, my paint still damper. And everywhere I go, I put it down for Texas. I go to any hood, bitch, I'm gonna rock my necklace. That shit, if he go shoot, he ain't go talk. Ain't no questions, you won't walk. Rest in peace, out. <laughs> oh, look, man. That was legendary. I appreciate it, man. Oh, yeah, you know. We yeah. had Wyclef in here, and he did uh, the No Jumper song, but like his version on his acoustic guitar. That, but I feel like that, that and what you just did, top, top performances we ever had on here by far. Hey man, you know, I'm about making history, man. Facts. Shout out to Dice Soho, still pulling up on us. That yeah, was a rare appearance. Pulled up and, and, and dropped a quick eight bar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was Facts. four. Huh? <laughs> quick four. <Straight> <laughs>
So uh, fuck. All right. Hey, I appreciate you. That was that was that was epic. That was a great way to end it. I'm glad we didn't just let that go. Mm-hmm. Me too. That last one was a take K type beat for the record. What's your son's name? Rico Hawkins. Rico Hawkins. Much love. No jumper. Little flip. Clover G's. Rogue yep. gang. We out here. Yiddig. Yiddig. <laughs> yeah, right. thank you, though, man. Appreciate I, I, you, bro. I had to give you three, though, man. No, like, that, that like, you was... know, most rappers, they come, they, you know, people want to be cool. They, like, you can't call yourself the freestyle king. Most people come yeah. through, can't even get close to one. Yeah. It was actually kind of wild to, like, be like, damn, you just made that look easy as fuck. Mm-hmm. All right. Yep. That being said. We love y'all. H-Town. Exotic Pop. Flip TV coming soon, man. Flip TV, I'm telling you. I'm finna fuck the game up. No, no jumper. jumper. Little flip. <laughs> Forever. We said it at the same time, Peace. too. Peace.